This is Affliction Fiction, a podcast regarding writers and artists who quite literally make their characters sick. I'm Jennifer Horlick. And I'm James Ewer. On this show, we analyze illnesses that exist in fictional works, such as TV, books, and film, and how they relate to the real world. And this week, we'll be examining toxic junk food syndrome from the animated comedy series, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. This was a series that aired on Cartoon Network that followed a goofy, dopey young boy named Billy and a deadpan, cynical young girl named Mandy. They are joined alongside the Grim Reaper, who against his will is named their best friend and servant for all of eternity. In one episode, Billy devours a cornucopia of unhealthy snacks until he passes out and subsequently experiences violent sensations in his stomach until he vomits. Grim conjures up an antidote in an attempt to relieve Billy's pain, but it ultimately ends up causing a large growth to form on Billy's back. Then the growth is shown to become its own sentient being with eyeballs and a mouth, and over time it comes to resemble Billy in its appearance. Eventually, the growth detaches from Billy entirely and begins to move around autonomously. Now, although it's fine to have some junk food every once in a while, junk food shouldn't comprise your entire diet. The United States Department of Agriculture has a tool to help people discern what they should be eating daily for a healthy diet called MyPlate. My kindergartners learn about this. They're not very good with it, but they learn about it. (laughs) This tool is a picture of a plate with four sections, fruits, grains, vegetables, and protein, with a small cup of dairy on the side. The vegetable section is the largest, as we should be consuming vegetables the most out of every other food group. It takes up a bit more than a fourth of the plate. The grains and protein sections both take up a fourth of the plate, and the fruit section takes up the remaining part of the plate, which is a little less than a fourth. My plate is a simple way to make sure that you're meeting your daily nutritional needs and eating foods from each necessary food group. Michelle Obama approved. Yes, and Lisa Young. And Lisa Young, professor of nursing. No, Professor of Nutrition. Yeah. While my plate shows what a healthy diet looks like, this episode is really about what happens when we eat excessive amounts of unhealthy foods. According to Livestrong, there are a variety of types of unhealthy diets. One example is a fast food diet, which has high carbohydrate and high fat content. 
Only eating one type of food also contributes to an unhealthy diet, as well as excessively consuming a specific nutrient. A common excessive nutrient in people's diets is sodium, which can lead to heart health issues. According to the government of South Australia Health, poor nutrition can lead to both short and long-term issues. Short-term issues. <laughs> short-term issues include stress, tiredness, and effects on our capacity to work. In the long term, poor nutrition can cause overweight or obesity, tooth decay, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart disease and stroke, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, some cancers, depression, and eating disorders. And if they're observing this in Australia, you can only imagine what's happening in our country. Exactly. We're all dying. <laughs> and fat. Anyway... Oftentimes when we think about eating disorders, we associate them with a struggle to maintain a positive body image. For instance, bulimia nervosa, according to the National Eating Disorders Association, is characterized by frequent episodes of binge eating followed by some kind of unhealthy compensatory behavior, such as forced vomiting, misuse of laxatives, or exercising in extreme excess in an attempt to prevent weight gain. However, not all cases of bulimia nervosa are motivated by an effort to keep up a positive body image, and, in fact, not all eating disorders are characterized by some kind of weight loss. Billy's behavior in this episode largely resembles something called binge eating disorder, which the National Institute of Mental Health describes as much like bulimia nervosa, but without the compensatory behaviors that would typically follow. A person struggling with binge eating disorder faces episodes of consuming an inordinate amount of food in considerably little time, most often to the point of severe discomfort. They will commonly feel an inability to control themselves during the binge, and intense feelings of shame, guilt, and remorse afterwards. People with this disorder will binge even when they aren't physically hungry, and they'll frequently try to eat on their own to avoid feeling embarrassed by how much they're consuming. Binge eating disorder has all the same traits of what Billy is experiencing in this episode. Billy is shown to have eaten in excess, with a massive range of food scraps covering the floor next to him. Although Billy is generally always a happy-go-lucky kind of character on the show, he does show evidence of deep regret after his binge episode. The junk food occupies his dreams and causes him to wake up screaming, he eagerly hopes that he didn't actually have a binge episode before he fell asleep, and he expresses a great deal of discomfort upon throwing up, as one probably should. One could make the argument that what Billy is experiencing more closely resembles bulimia nervosa since he does eventually vomit after binge eating. However, bulimia nervosa is typically characterized by self-induced vomiting for the sake of preventing weight gain, whereas Billy appears to vomit involuntarily out of sickness as a consequence of having eaten too much. Binge eating disorder is fairly new in its recognition by the DSM-5. Prior to the DSM-5's 2013 release, binge eating disorder was simply listed under EDNOS, or Eating Disorder Not Otherwise Specified. Now known as OSFED, or other specified feeding or eating disorders, this was a diagnosis that used to function as a coverall term for any eating disorder that wasn't anorexia nervosa or bulimia nervosa. Today, binge eating disorder is its own formally recognized eating disorder with its own entry in the DSM-5, and according to the National Eating Disorders Association, it is now the most common eating disorder in the United States. The antidote that Grimm gives Billy to alleviate his toxic junk food syndrome causes a growth to appear on his back. We'll discuss a few different types of growth that may be similar to Billy's, though I don't think any of them have faces. Speak for yourself. Mm. My whole face is just one big pimple. Relatable. One very common growth that probably most people have had at one point in time is a pimple or acne. 
According to the American Academy of Dermatology, a pimple is a combination of excess oil, dead skin cells, and bacteria clogging up pores in the skin. Pimples are often a result of puberty, as I can tell you, but can also be caused by poor diet. And hormones. Let me tell you, that was the second worst consequence of puberty for me behind this voice. Ouch. <laughs> the American Academy of Dermatology describes three different categories of pimples. The first consists of blackheads and whiteheads. Blackheads occur when a blocked pore stays open and the congestion inside the pimple looks black. Whiteheads occur when a blocked pore closes up, so the top of the bump looks white. These are the most mild and easily treatable forms of acne. Side note, do you ever watch Dr. Pimple Popper on Instagram? Yes. Oh my goodness. Mm. It's like visual heroin. Oh, I don't know if I'd say that. But... Oh, I would. <laughs> the next category of pimples is papules and pustules. These pimples occur when pores get so irritated, like my mother, that their walls break and form bigger, hard-to-the-touch pimples. Papules and pustules are a bit harder to treat and might require a visit to a dermatologist. The last category of pimples is nodules and cysts, which are blocked pores that get quite irritated and then get bigger than papules and pustules. They also go deeper into the skin and can be painful. While nodules are hard, cysts have pus inside and are softer. Either of these kinds of pimples call for a trip to the dermatologist. Another type of skin growth is a wart. Again, according to the American Academy of Dermatology, warts are benign skin growths that appear when a virus infects the top layer of the skin. This virus is called human papilloma virus, or HPV. Warts are contagious, spreading by contact with the wart or something that has touched the wart. These growths usually go away without any treatment, and they are basically harmless. They can be annoying and occasionally painful, so dermatologists have treatments for them. Common wart treatments include cantharidin, cryotherapy, electrosurgery and curatage, and excision. Cantharidin causes a blister to form under the wart, so after a week the dermatologist can clip the dead wart off. Cryotherapy is the most common treatment and involves freezing the wart off, like Frozone. On the other hand, electrosurgery entails burning the wart off, and curatage involves scraping the wart off. These two treatments often go hand in hand. Yet another type of skin growth is a cyst. According to Healthline, a cyst is a sac-like pocket of membranous tissue that contains fluid, air, or other substances. Most cysts are benign, though there are many different types. Can I just say that I don't like that our definition of cyst says it contains fluid, air, or other substances, because that doesn't rule a whole lot of stuff out. Like, can a cyst have grape jelly in it? I guess. Or Dr. Pepper. <laughs> hey, Jennifer, what are some different types of cysts that are easily pronounceable? You know, some... <laughs> Some may say that none of them are pronounceable, but I'm going to try. Some cyst types include epidermoid cysts, sebaceous cysts, breast cysts, ganglion cysts, pylonidal cysts, ovarian cysts, cystic acne, ingrown hair cysts, pillar cysts, mucus cysts, and branchial cleft cysts. Did you say breast cysts? Yes. Isn't that just the referendum that happened in the United Kingdom to vote to leave the European yeah, Union? Yeah, on June 23rd, 2016. Time has passed. Cysts can form because of infections, inherited diseases, chronic inflammation, or blockages in ducts. Most cysts don't cause any issues unless they're infected, large, impinging on a nerve or blood vessel, growing in a sensitive area, or affecting the function of an organ. 
Most of the time, cysts go away on their own without any treatment, and one should never try to squeeze or pop them because that could result in infection. If a cyst does not go away, medical treatments include draining the fluids from the cyst using a needle, medications to reduce the inflammation, or surgery as a last resort's treatment. Cyst, that's the T. The final skin growths we will discuss are boils and carbuncles. Carbuncles? Isn't that what you're legally obligated to put on anytime you're in the car? <laughs> Bunk? Oh, carbuncle. Like a seatbelt. Ha. 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 Affliction fiction isn't what it used to be. <laughs> According to Mayo Clinic, these skin growths are painful, pus-filled bumps that form under the skin when bacteria infect and inflame one or more of one's hair follicles. Boils start out as red, tender lumps and develop into larger and more painful growths as they fill with pus. Eventually, they rupture and drain. A carbuncle is a cluster of boils that form a connected area of infection under the skin. Boils usually appear on the face, neck, armpits, buttocks, or thighs, which are all hair-bearing areas likely to sweat or experience friction, and carbuncles usually appear on the back of the neck, shoulders, or thighs. Boils are caused by the bacteria Staphylococcus aureus, which is commonly found on the skin and inside the nose. Medical treatments for larger boils and carbuncles include incision and drainage and antibiotics. So in conclusion, regulate your junk food eating, or else you might inadvertently be capable of asexual reproduction. Yes. Sure. The growth turns into him oh, and comes yes. to resemble him and then detaches from him. You're not wrong, so. I think. Unless the mother is something he ate. I would hope not. And that's all we have to say for now. But what do you think? Do you have a question or contribution to today's discussion? If so, you can send us an email at afflictionfiction at wnyu.org. For now, I'm not Jennifer Horlick. And I'm not James Ewer. Thanks for listening. And get well soon. Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Season 1, Episode 11, Billy's Growth Spurt, was written by Gord Zajak and is property of Warner Brothers Television Distribution. Lover's Carvings by Bibio was written by Stephen Wilkinson and is property of Warp Records.